art is more subjective than a lot of people give it credit for. And it's not necessarily our responsibility to know the answers, it's just our responsibility to um, report and express our own truth, I guess. You're listening to It's All Dead, a podcast about the music we love and why we love it. I'm Kyle Hawk. Welcome to It's All Dead. I'm Kyle Hawk. Thank you for joining me on the podcast today. Excited to uh, have you along for the ride. I'm editor-in-chief at a website called It's All Dead. Uh, you can find it by visiting itsalldead.com. And for those of you who uh, tuned into the podcast last week and heard our conversation with Derek Sanders of Mayday Parade, uh, this year's tour, you know that at the end of the show, I teased that we had another interview coming your way, which I'm excited to share with you today. And uh, as I mentioned, uh, last week wrapped up the final Warp Tour date for me uh, for good. And uh, it was a a great time. Hope you've had a chance to come to the site and check out our our photo gallery and uh, and some uh, review content of the actual show, including some bands that you should check out if there's a, a date coming your way soon and uh I, I mentioned it in the article and i wanted to stress it again that Dollskin was my favorite band i discovered on the tour this year their set was absolutely incredible so uh if you've still got a warp tour date coming through your city uh be sure to check out the lineup that day and catch Dollskin because they're uh my my band to watch for this summer um but for our other interview um, from the Indianapolis State of Warp Tour last week, I had a chance to chat with Patty Walters and Ben Langford Biss of As It Is. And I was really looking forward to this conversation because I've uh, been a fan of, of, of this band since they uh, put out their debut in, in 2015. And our senior editor, Kyle Schultz, actually reviewed that album, Never Happy Ever After, and gave it a perfect five-star rating, which was... Uh, quite the quite the big deal for us at the time um but that was just a a great kind of pop punk introduction for from a new band for me and i've kind of followed them since then and just like everybody else was kind of interested to see uh when they released their uh their first single from their upcoming album called the wounded world that they'd kind of taken on a different look and a different sound uh there were a lot of my chemical romance comparisons um, which patty actually alluded to during their set when he introduced to their band as my chemical romance but um they've taken on a little bit more aggressive style and uh maybe uh, a little more thoughtful content one of the things that fascinated me about this upcoming album and the great depression drops on august 10th is what the band released uh in the lead up to the album when they when they put out the first single they uh, I've made pretty clear that they're going to examine mental health and, and depression with this album. And in their press release about it, they talked about combating some of the societal romanticizing of depression, which kind of stuck out to me um, and kind of made me curious as to what they were referencing. But they also talked about how this album is about asking questions rather than, rather than offering answers, which is something I really appreciate. Uh, but they also mentioned that the album is asking if art is too subjective to offer a universal solution, which again, another really fascinating phrase. And being that, you know, it's all dead has been a a website for us. That's been a 
uh, forum for us to discuss mental health. And, you know, me in particular, I've been very open about my struggles with depression um, and how uh, music has um, offered a reprieve at times, certainly not the the universal solution, but um, something that has been helpful to me in my journey. Um, I was really fascinated to learn a little bit more from this band about where this album is headed, uh, what kinds of things they're hoping to tackle, and the interview turned out to be just fantastic. Both Patty and Ben were really insightful about the process behind their creation of this um, and where they're hoping to take it and, and uh, the kind of uh, message and conversation, I guess, that they're hoping to have with their listeners. So without further ado, let's jump into the conversation with Patty and Ben of As It Is. This is the last Warped Tour. I'm sure you're getting asked about that all the time. Yeah. Uh, but what, is it, what does it mean for you guys? I know you've done it before, but to be on the, the last run, what does that mean for you? It's like Warped Tour is just kind of like cemented in alternative music history. So um, it's just really surreal and special to be even a small kind of blip on the Warped Radar. Um, after 20 plus years but being on the last one is very bittersweet and um, it's nice to be out here with like new and old friends and yeah um, we know what we're doing a bit better this a little bit yeah. yeah you know first time you do warp tour you feel like kind of a fish out of water sure it's a completely different tour to normal so it's nice to do it and like know everyone know how it works mm-hmm. um, and just to be able to have a bit more fun with it on the last one yeah Perfect. Well, a lot has changed for you guys since the last time you were out on Warp Tour. New yeah. albums coming up. A yeah. uh, little bit of a new sound, a little bit of a new look. I mean, yeah. what, what sparked the change for you guys? Um, well, I guess, like, first and foremost is, like, Ben and I in particular love bands that, like, really evolve from record to record, really make drastic musical and aesthetic uh, leaps and bounds and stuff. Um, so it was, it was, it came naturally in a sense, but the record started with a title and a message and a sentiment and kind of, um, subject matter to explore. So before lyrics and songs, we really just knew a lot about what the record was going to look like, um, which made things a little bit easier knowing we were going to embrace a more post-hardcore and emo influenced sound direction from the kind of mid 2000s. So we borrowed, borrowed a lot of the look and, uh, branding from that era for sure. Yeah. And I think, you know, okay. was such a like personal record to us. It drew a lot from like our personal experiences and was, was very much in keeping with that. And then that writing this record that there seemed to be bigger things, more important things to talk about than just like ourselves like it yeah. started to seem like a bit like selfish or insignificant to just keep writing about ourselves in that context um, with the state of the world yeah, the it's world. either a result of the kind of time and place we live in or maybe it's just a result of getting older that just writing the same record didn't really appeal to us but yeah, yeah just really wanted a, a bigger and better change I guess yeah I always think like good art is like a response to like culture of yeah the time, for sure so yeah well, one of the things that uh, has really interested me about the album as somebody that has written a lot about depression and uh, kind of our site and our message being around that whole concept and working through it and, and how music uh, can play a small role in helping folks through that. I'm really interested uh, just in the message of the album. And one of the things that was mentioned uh, when the release came out that you were releasing a new album, uh, there were several things. One of the things that stuck out to me was this idea of combating this romanticizing of depression. Um, I'm kind of wondering a little bit about what that means to you, where you've seen that, and and where that idea came from. 
Um, what it means to me is uh, I just had my own kind of personal doubts and apprehensions um, after an entire record cycle about talking so openly about my mental health and our fans' mental health. And I really just wanted to know, certain, like, definitively within myself that we were going to do the right thing or that this scene is doing the right thing, that our society is doing the right thing um, because I don't necessarily think, like, The Cure or The Smiths are inherently to blame for sadness. Or, sure that Edgar Allan Poe's to blame for, <laughs> for all this kind of stuff. You know, like, 13 Reasons Why. I think, like, art is more subjective than a lot of people give it credit for, and it's not necessarily our responsibility to know the answers. It's just our responsibility to um, report and express our own truths, I guess. I think, yeah, no, we definitely grew up when bands would talk about it a lot, and I didn't... In, with the power of hindsight now, mm. don't know whether it was necessarily the healthiest way. You know, you take like one of the big songs from that era, like Ohio is for Lovers or whatever, it's like, so cut my wrist and black my eyes, and it's like right. very out there lyrics. And you start to question like the intent of that and, and whether it is like glamorizing for the sake of it, whether it, it is trying to help. Um, and like you said, just trying to question it as opposed to having the answers because we don't have the answers. No one yeah. does. And mentioning kind of the subjectivity of art is really interesting because it must be a fine line to walk in some ways because, one, you want to talk about this in the real sense of what it means to have a mental health struggle and how to get help for that. But yet your band is something that a lot of people will look to, uh, maybe in addition to other ways they're getting help or just simply as a voice that kind of... Uh, impacts their lives. So is do you find that difficult at times? Because you're obviously going to talk about it on stage, have the message come through the music. So for some people, there is, uh, I guess, it's difficult for some to parse out the subjective versus the objective that they Definitely. might be taking in. Definitely. Um, this record's just about listening. Our, our last record was about talking and really starting the conversation. But it was something that when uh, Chester took his life almost exactly a year ago today, really, um, it was just kind of this this epiphany of you know we're not doing enough. Uh, the resources need to, need to be more available. So with this record, we very intentionally and actively paired with nonprofits. So out here, I'm doing a, a workshop with Hope for the Day every morning, and we we've done fundraising for Mind and Bullies Out um, and uh, a few others. Yeah, I do think we're talking about something like this though. You do definitely. I've seen it a lot more on this tour since we've launched this album cycle. Is like. With, it's more of an invitation for people to like tell us our stories, yeah. and we've definitely heard a lot more than we like usually do. Yeah. Uh, and like that's amazing, obviously, to hear how you've impacted someone's life in like a positive way. Um, the the flip side of that is obviously like sometimes I know I can be like a sponge for other people's emotions. So when you hear something like you're consistently hearing like such heavy, dark subject matter, like that can affect like your own mental health sure, when yeah. you're hearing that constantly and it's trying to trying to find that balance of like sometimes you have to take a step back and like go oh no and just look at like the positive aspect of it because otherwise you can get caught up in like these people's lives yeah coincidentally my dad asked me about that literally two nights ago and he was saying like does that ever get like is that like ever like a really heavy weight to kind of carry around and i think the thing that's that, that you ultimately have to take away from that is that despite the kind of severity of what's being said, what's, the sentiment is ultimately, you helped me through it. Mm-hmm. And as much as it is um, at times graphic, at times troubling, um, it is coming from a place of this is 
something I'm now comfortable sharing with you guys because I feel like I'm not as alone. And equally, just you know, the fact that you're going through it too yeah. means that I'm clearly not this outcast or this uh, messed up individual in the same kind of way. So. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, a lot here, and you know, and looking forward to the album. Just talking about the music. Did any of this change the approach to the actual writing and recording process, or was it pretty similar for you guys this time around? This was so different. So different. Um, I mean, we started writing this record before we even released the last one. Um, yeah. So we normally, when we previously, whenever we'd written a record, we'd like do the record, do the touring cycle, and then kind of take a few months out to write the record. And this one, we kind of wrote over the course of the OK cycle, um, like gradually. Um, and I don't know, we just, we didn't, we didn't stop any kind of influence, like affecting our music. We didn't, we didn't say that an idea was too crazy or whatever. We let everyone's weird influences in and, and put no rules on anything. And that kind of just really allowed us to push some boundaries, I think, with, yeah. uh, with, with our sound at least. Yeah, and equally, I think this band was in such a dark place for a little over a year um, that one of the only things that got me through writing this record was, you know, maybe this will be the last As It Is record. And I think that's why, musically, it takes a lot of the risks that it does, because in my mind, we didn't really have anything to lose, and putting out one last brave and kind of uncensored, unfiltered uh, record as far as musical risks go... Um, it just made sense. I mean, there was nothing to really shy away from. There was, there was kind of, there didn't necessarily have to be much of a future attached to the band. But I, I, I'm so proud of the risks that we took, and I think it's really opened up a lot of doors for us as far as um, future influences and embracing our more kind of eclectic music tastes. I mean, we didn't grow up together as people we met in our kind of like early to mid twenties, so we had different childhoods and different kind of. Uh, uh, you know, influences growing up. So yeah. I think that really shows in the best possible way on this record. Yeah. And so you've released a couple tracks, Flaubin comes next month. Yeah. And the track list looks like it's kind of broken up into sections. Yeah. What can people expect? You talked a little bit about the influence going into it. I mean, is it, do you feel like this is a pretty diverse record or what can people expect when they hear the full thing? I think so. Yeah. Um, it's definitely still an as it is record at its core. Um, it's still got the same kind of pop sensibilities and choruses. It's got the same kind of lyrical depth that we always um, strive for. But it's certainly our darkest. It's cer certainly our most ambitious. Um, it kind of embraces the fact that it's a concept record. This is about a fictional character and his fictional narrative. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, that's kind of why it's broken up into parts as well. I always like to point out that just because it's a fictional character, it's not necessarily... His story isn't drawn from, like, fictional places. Yeah, like, sure. There's a lot of, like, all four of us yeah. in the poet. Um, and I think the thing I'm most excited about is for people to, like, find their own story in the poet. Yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of my favorite thing about The Great Depression is, is, you know, or with any good album, is that you can kind of find your own story you know you get kids coming up to me going oh I really I love this song like it helped me in this way that way and in my head I'm going well that song has nothing to do with that like I wrote that doesn't have anything to do with that but that's cool because yeah. you took something away that I didn't see in that song and like that's exciting like that yeah. there's something in there that we didn't necessarily put there but 
Yeah, you know. and that's the that's the same kind of subjectivity that really uh, drove us to write this record. I think it, it's kind of been lost in 2018. Um, you've heard half of the uh, most records before they've been released, and yeah. we're really just kind of spoon-fed singles and the meaning behind everything. And this is very much a record about just kind of you know find your own meanings in it. Um, the even the ending of the record is open to interpretation. So just kind yeah. of uh, art isn't there to be just kind of. Uh, studied and torn apart necessarily it's it's about expression it's about kind of finding your own truths in it yeah cool well you've talked a lot about dialogue asking questions and as somebody that kind of grew up going to warp tour you know for all of its uh flaws Mm -hmm. certainly has been a place for a lot of people to dialogue and find connections and ask questions and have those conversations with that coming to an end like what does that mean uh, in terms of just this scene of music and, and how people connect? Um, I think sometimes it takes losing something special to really appreciate what it was to the scene. And I think when Warp Tour is gone, if it's not a direct kind of like reincarnation of Warp Tour, we're going to have something pretty similar um, because the scene needs this in at least some kind of capacity. Um, yeah, I, I think I think I remember seeing comments when people being like, "Oh, I'm so glad it's like the final one." Like, you know, all the people that went to the first one and then never went to anyone, yeah. any other one. <laughs> yeah. um, but like, that's the people that have complained about lineup and like year after year. But I think that's always been the beauty of like Warp Tour. Like you said, aside from flaws aside, it's like its lineup has adapted year to year to like embrace what like alternative youth is yeah. is into like right. because alternative youth in 2018 isn't into pennywise yeah. you know so that's not gonna sell a bunch of tickets so right. you know i think i think it's been it's been smart it's sad that it's ending but like you said i i think there'll be something else that will come along mm-hmm. that will fill yeah. the void for for the uh the outcast kids that need warped <laughs> What's been your favorite band to go out and watch when you have free time on the tour this summer? I watch Less Than Jake almost every day from the pit, and I try to crowd surf at least once a day to them. Um, but kind of up-and-coming bands is a band called Sharptooth that I really, really like out of Baltimore, okay. doing like really cool progressive things for hardcore. Uh, there's a band called Dollskin on our stage. I've watched them the most. Um, who are equally incredible. I'm so excited to go and watch Joan Jett today. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Man. Isn't that crazy? Frank Turner's here today. Yeah. Um, when they used and taking back Sunday were out, we were watching them most days. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think one of the coolest things about Warp Tour as well is fans can watch bands they like watching bands they like. It's <laughs> it's it's very much a place of like we're all just kind of fans of music at this place, yeah. um, and you can watch a band you like watching a band they like either from crowd or from side of stage or whatever. But there's no just kind of like ego about it. It's yeah. just like we like music. Warp Tour is cool. Yeah. <laughs> So we're a little over a week away from the album. Talk a little bit about what comes this fall for As It Is. We uh, do some fun press stuff, in-store stuff. In-stores. Um, and then we, we, we actually take a, a little... We've been pretty non-stop since October. Yeah. So we drop the record, do some in-stores, and then we... We actually take a little bit of time out. Yeah, it was actually kind of open-ended as to whether I was going to need surgery or not. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, I will, but yeah. there's not like a, a rush or anything. It was half to do with that and half like we kind of, because of how like intense the record is, I think it was important for us to like let that sink in with people before we went out and did a headline tour of it. You know, if you start your headline tour, like a lot, I see a lot of bands start their headline tour for an album before the album's even out. Yeah. And I'd much rather people like 
sit, appreciate it, and know then we every go, know it, word. and then go out and tour it. Um, so we've got in November and December we've got a UK Europe headline, and then uh, shortly after that, I'm sure we'll be back to the US for the uh, the leg. Wink, leg wink, wink. Yeah. nudge, nudge, say no more. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you guys both. Uh, excited to hear the new album, and thanks for taking a taking time no to talk. Problem. Our pleasure. Thank you. All right, another big thank you to the fellas of As It Is. As I mentioned earlier, their new album, The Great Depression, drops on August 10th. Be sure to check it out. In the meantime, uh, feel free to come visit. It's all dead.com. Uh, we're wrapping up wrapping up the summer really fast. Uh, can't decide whether I'm sad or excited for fall. Either way, uh, we've got some great content on the site. Um, if you like what you heard from this podcast... Be sure to subscribe. Just hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast app. And uh, if you would, if you like our podcast, please come to iTunes and leave us a review. Let us know what you like about the show and uh, what you'd like to hear. Always love hearing your feedback. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of It's All Dead. I'm Kyle Hawk, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to the It's All Dead podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Then visit us at itsalldead.com for the latest music news, reviews, and much more.